From CPRI and the CPRI Knowledge Hub, this is Research Minutes, a weekly look at new and important research and education. Today we examine Head Start, the nation's largest publicly funded preschool program, serving one million low-income children each year. It does so by awarding billions in annual funding to licensed agencies and centers and holding them accountable through the program standards for quality. Importantly, if centers do not obtain a certain minimum levels of quality, they actually could have their agency license revoked and would have to recompete for that agency Head Start license. A new study, however, finds that the overall quality rating of a Head Start center can vary depending on which classrooms are evaluated. So we basically did some simulation studies and about a third of the time we get a different answer in terms of whether a classroom would have to recompete for funding through the Head Start designation renewal system. We basically are missing some of the important variation that exists within that center that has real implications for children's learning. We welcome lead author and Northwestern University researcher, Terry Sable, to discuss her findings and their potential implications for early childhood education, policy, and future research. I think in some sense what this study is showing us is that it's really what is occurring within a classroom that matters for children development. That's right now on Research Minutes. Hello and welcome to Research Minutes. I'm Keith Hummeller. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Terry Sable, Assistant Professor of Human Development and Social Policy at Northwestern University. Thanks for being here today, Terry. Thanks so much. So today we're discussing your new study, co-authored with Northwestern's Emily Ross and Stony Brook University's Allison Frost, titled, Are All Head Start Classrooms Created Equal? Variation in Classroom Quality Within Head Start Centers and Implications for Accountability Systems. Uh, it's been published in the American Educational Research Journal, and it, it offers an intriguing look at early childhood education in general and how we measure quality in Head Start classrooms specifically. To start, could you just give us a quick overview of the Head Start program as it stands today? How big is it and how does it operate? Sure. So Head Start is the nation's largest and only public funded preschool program for low income children. It started in 1965 through Lyndon B. Johnson's War on Poverty and really came from the idea of how do we prepare our youngest learners to be ready to enter the marketplace and ready to enter school. So it started out with a key focus on providing comprehensive early childhood education services for children, but also providing services for families like emergency housing relief or uh, help with food. Currently, it serves around 1 million children each year and has an operating budget of around $9 billion and actually maintains many of the core elements of the original program from 1965. So again, really focusing on providing high quality early childhood education experiences for children and promoting the well-being of families. What's notable is that Head Start is administered by the Office of Head Start in the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. And what they do is award grants to individual agencies that then operate local center-based programs. So nationwide, there's about 1,700 Head Start agencies that then provide services to about 15,000 Head Start centers with around 41,000 classrooms. And so I think the challenge has been to really think about how do you regulate a system in which really is operating at the local level. In addition, there really is strong evidence 
starting from 1965 through the current day that Head Start leads to positive short-term outcomes for young children. I think the question that's open in the field is to really think about how to maximize the investment in Head Start and to ensure that those short-term benefits stick with children as they progress through school. So in Head Start, as in many corners of our education system, there are increasing pressures for high-stakes accountability. So what does that look like? How do we currently assess quality in Head Start programs? So I think different from the K-12 accountability system, Head Start, as in many, as with many other early childhood education systems, has focused on inputs versus outputs. And what I mean by that is thinking about what goes into classroom quality as opposed to just thinking about what are student achievement scores. And I think this actually sort of represents the, the interest in early childhood education and really understanding the key ingredients that go into high quality classroom experiences. So along those lines, there are two main arms that regulate the quality of Head Start programs or hold Head Start programs accountable. The first is the Head Start designation renewal system, which is the high stakes monitoring arm of Head Start and is mandated by Congress and determines whether Head Start are offering high quality services. So to do so, a set of outside reviewers comes in and looks at the documentation of the Head Start program, checks the finances, makes sure all the transportation things are aligned. But then they also focus on what actually happens within the Head Start agencies on the day-to-day. So to do so, a set of outside observers comes in and looks at the program quality within the Head Start agency. And so this typically involves reviewing documentation, ensuring the finances are in order, ensuring that the transportation is up to speed to get children to school, but then also focuses on what's happening within the quality of the programs on the day-to-day. For small agencies, so those that serve just a few centers or a few classrooms, they typically can observe all of the classrooms within the center. But for large agencies that serve a number of different classrooms and centers, it means that due to scarce resources, they can't go in and observe every single classroom, which is completely reasonable given sort of scarce resources. And so in those conditions, they randomly select a subset of classrooms to observe. They then aggregate all of these data together to form an indicator of quality for either center quality or agency quality, and that represents the overall agency quality. That's basically sort of the sum of its parts. Importantly, the designation and renewal systems are high stakes, meaning that if centers do not obtain certain minimum levels of quality, they actually could have their agency license revoked and would have to recompete for that agency Head Start license. The second arm of accountability systems are quality rating and improvement systems. And these do not just include Head Start, but also the range of childcare programs within a state. So these include state-funded pre-K programs, private childcare programs, and in some instances, family home daycares. And these systems really try to get a sense of the landscape of the quality within a given state. So these include focusing on things like staff-child ratio, teacher qualifications, and as well as the observed quality. In addition, similar to the DRS, Outside observers will often come in and conduct direct classroom observations, but due to scarce resources, only a subset of classrooms within that given center to represent the overall quality. Then again, typically states aggregate these indicators of quality to form a measure of quality for that given center. The idea behind this is that consumers of quality, like parents, can actually use those ratings to select their child care program. 
So if a center has a five-star rating, they might think that that has higher quality compared to a one-star program. Importantly, both of these systems are high stakes, meaning that either programs funding or licensure is directly tied to the performance on these accountability systems and or parents are making selections as a function of these rating systems, which in turn may affect uh, enrollment within that given center. So what was it that led you to conduct this study? Were there specific questions that you had or were there knowledge gaps that you were trying to fill? So I'm a developmental psychologist. And a central tenant of developmental theory is that the proximal interactions that children have with their caregivers or teachers are the primary ways in which they develop. In classroom settings, this means that children's interactions with their teachers are the ways in which they learn and grow within a classroom setting. And so the question I had was really thinking about where does the variation lie when we think about classroom quality? And does that have implication for children's learning? In other words, in our preschool accountability systems, we typically are aggregating up classroom quality to the center or school level. And we may be missing really important variation that exists within classrooms that matters for children's learning. Interestingly, most of the existing data sets that exist to try to understand this question oftentimes just have one classroom within a given school or given center. And there actually are very few existing large-scale representative data sets that can really help address this question. And so what we were lucky is that in the Head Start Faces data, which is actually mandated by Congress as well to get a snapshot of how children are faring within Head Start centers, actually does assess most, if not all, of the classrooms within a given center. And so it was an unusual data set in that it had many classrooms within a given center and also had direct observations of those classrooms. So typically that doesn't exist because it's really expensive and time intensive to direct classroom observations. And so we were excited by the possibility of better understanding the extent to which the variation existed and what the implications were for children's learning. So you just partially answered my question a little bit as to how you gathered the data for this study. But I think our listeners might be a little curious as to the scope. How many centers were you looking at? So we are just living in an amazing time where there are a lot of data that exists and there are rich data on classrooms, on teachers, on families, and on children. So we took advantage of a data set called the Head Start Family and Child Experiences Survey, or Head Start Faces which are collected about every three years on Head Start families. And in this study, we were able to look at a very large-scale sample of children in classrooms. This included 77 agencies, around 275 Head Start centers, 900 classrooms, and over 6,000 children. So the scale of this is quite unusual in the fact that we're actually able to characterize the experiences that children are having within classrooms and then also understand the implications for that in terms of center and agency quality. So one of the challenges in education research, and especially early childhood education research, is the non-random sorting of children into schools. And what I mean by that is that parents in early childhood education or for preschool typically select their preschool programs as a function of their preferences for quality, locations, so how close it is to their home or where they work as well as a set of other factors like the pedagogy or the approach of that preschool program. And so it makes it really challenging to basically untangle parents' own preferences from quality 
from the true, quote unquote, effects of quality on child outcomes. So to get around this issue in this paper, we employ something called center fixed effects. So in other words, we're only comparing two kids, both whose parents selected within a Head Start program, but one child who attended one classroom and one child or a group of children who attended a different classroom. And then we compare the outcomes of children within that classroom. And so what that allows us to do is basically look at, okay, where does the variation exist in terms of classroom quality? Is it existing within a given center or between centers? And then within a given center, what are the implications for variation in quality for children's learning among children who attended the same center? And in the course of your work, it looks like your team found some pretty notable findings, beginning with the fact that when it comes to Head Start program quality, we may not really know what we think we know. I think that's right. I think that what we are major finding is the fact that there's just as much variation in children's quality that exists within a given center as between the center. And so although Head Start has done a remarkable job regulating the quality of preschool programs, both in terms of teacher quality, teacher qualifications, staff-child ratio, as well as the observed quality of the teacher-child interactions, there also is a lot of variation. And so when we aggregate that up to the center level, we basically are missing some of the important variation that exists within that center that has real implications for children's learning. In your paper, you actually find that if we were to sample different classrooms within the same center, the center-wide rating in regards to quality would actually change. Yeah, that's right. So we basically did some simulation studies to look at what would happen to the center rating if we selected, randomly selected one half of classrooms within a center versus if we randomly selected another half of the center. And about a third of the time, we get a different answer in terms of whether a classroom would have to recompete for funding through the Head Start designation renewal system. So it again, it just reflects really sort of the delicate nature of these ratings and the importance of really getting a holistic understanding of quality, both in terms of sort of the structural measures, teacher qualifications and experience, but also in terms of the day-to-day experiences children are having within a classroom setting. And your team also found that the average quality of a center, as we currently determine it, is not actually related to child development, at least in the centers that you studied. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. So I think in some sense, what this study is showing us is that it's really what is occurring within a classroom that matters for children development. And in some sense, I think this passes the logic test. So think back to your own school experience and think about your favorite teacher, right? There was always that one superstar teacher within a grade that really made an impression on you. And it was always sort of known who the better teachers were compared to those who maybe were less effective. And it's even beyond just sort of a star teacher, but more subtle variations that exist within a given grade, within a given school. And at the end of the day, it really is about what your day-to-day experiences are with your teacher that is really sort of the primary way in which you learn and grow within the classroom setting. And so what we're finding is, is that indeed is what matters and what is related to children's well-being. And that when we average that within a center, we're missing the nuances or the variation that really explain what's happening with children and and where they're learning within the school setting. So what do you think are the implications here? I would think that there are quite a few concerns and even more questions that could arise from this study. I think obviously the number one question is how many classrooms do you need to observe 
in order to get a quote-unquote true measure of what is happening within that center. It is very expensive to go in and collect data on teacher-child interactions. So really thinking about what are those moment-to-moment experiences, how are teachers fostering higher-order thinking skills, providing warm and supportive interactions, organizing their classrooms so that children can learn, facilitating feedback between teachers and children. Those are hard things to to measure, but things that we actually do have tools in which to do so. And so the question I think that this work naturally leads to is to really think about how many classrooms do you need? And, And that is not something that our study can speak to. I will also mention that the Head Start designation renewal system is currently undergoing a review process to really think about ways in which they can better capture quality. And so I really do look forward to thinking about with the Head Start designation renewal system, really thinking about ways to improve their systems. Uh, The Head Start DRS had a very long history for using research to inform best practices. And so I think we're getting closer to better understanding how to best measure quality. And I think the Head Start DRS will really be sort of at the cutting edge of that. And my last question is, are there any opportunities here for future research, either for your team or others who are working in this area? I think the early childhood education field is really thoughtful about thinking about the inputs that go in to high quality preschool classrooms. And I also think that there is a ton of wonderful research coming out that really does try to understand the key ingredients that go into quality. But I guess I am still left with, you know, I think the field is sort of moving beyond questions of does it work? Does Head Start work? Yes, no, but really how and why it works. So I think the extent to which further research sort of understands what are the key ingredients that go into quality, how can we measure it, and how can we scale it up for accountability systems, I think are the key questions. Well, this is incredibly intriguing work and certainly a line of inquiry worth following going forward, particularly in light of the growing focus we're seeing nationally on early childhood education. So to learn more, I would encourage our listeners to read the full paper. Again, it's titled, Are All Head Start Classrooms Created Equal? Variation in Classroom Quality Within Head Start Centers and Implications for Accountability Systems. And it's been published in the American Educational Research Journal. Terry Sable, thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks so much, Keith. Thanks for listening to this week's Research Minutes, presented by the CPRI Knowledge Hub. For more episodes of this podcast, or to subscribe to the series, visit us at cprehub.org. That's C-P-R-E-Hub.org. To share thoughts on today's episode, or to suggest future topics, follow us on Twitter at CPreHub. <laughs>